words they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they, anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in, hopefully again. (laughs) I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and I'm so freaking excited about today's episode, let me tell you. We have some incredible guests, and this topic is something I've always found so interesting. I experienced some crazy brain fog, baby brain, momnesia, whatever you want to call it, during my pregnancy and early motherhood years. I mean, who am I kidding? (laughs) I still have my days. So, of course, I did a ton of research to legitimize my symptoms, make myself feel a little bit better. But let's be honest, how many of us have Googled, is baby brain real? I can't hear you, but I'm certain I'm not the only one. So I've invited some real pros to join us today and dive into the psychology and the science and all the fun stuff around this infamous baby brain. So I'm excited and super pumped to introduce the one and only Tia Slidem. Hi. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming on. So Tia is a parenting consultant and founder of Tia Slidem Parenting Solutions Incorporated. She is also a mama to two very sweet boys, Hudson, nine years old, and Beckett, seven years old. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting both of these sweet little boys. They also do cameos on your Tuesdays with Tia videos, which I absolutely adore, by the way. Thank uh, you. Tia was a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> yeah. Tia was a kindergarten teacher before becoming a mama. She has a master's degree in early childhood education. So obviously your passion to help families has now come full circle, right? Of course. So cool. You also have an incredibly helpful blog, which I love, and you are a contributing author in the next You've Got This Mama book, You've Got This Mama Too. I mean, going on already? (laughs) No, I didn't, but I'm most excited about contributing to the book. So that's, yeah, happy to add it to my list. We're so excited to have you. So welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you. And also with us today, we have Habiba Jessica Zaman. You may recognize that name because this is a woman on fire. She is one of our original contributors in the You've Got This Mama, the first book. But she also has 14 other publications out there, including a children's book. Hmm. Crazy. It's amazing. It's so awesome. Habiba is a psychotherapist who specializes in trauma. I mean, motherhood is kind of trauma, isn't it? (laughs) Most seriously though. (laughs) Seriously though, you also have 15 years experience in counseling, guidance, and education. Habiba is calling in from Atlanta, Georgia today, where she lives with her two little boys, Rio and Luca. Welcome, Habiba. Hi, thank you. It's such an honor to be a part of this. It's so so exciting. Oh, I'm so happy to have both of you guys here. It's so cool. And you know what I just realized? We're all boy moms. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's crazy. That would be, we have like a whole football team between the three of us. That's madness. <laughs> we're, we're all entirely outnumbered. Yeah, absolutely. Always. <laughs> Isn't that what motherhood is, though? Come on. <laughs> crazy. So I wanted to sort of jump right in and talk about this topic. I don't know 
you know, where your thoughts are. We actually didn't discuss this beforehand. So I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are on this whole baby brain phenomenon. You know, is it real? Is it a myth? Is it just the fact that we're so freaking exhausted from lack of sleep? You know, what is it? And I mean, I have some funny, funny stories to share around my experiences with, you know, so-called baby brain. Like, I actually left my keys in the fridge once, <laughs> not for 10 minutes, not for an hour, like literally for days. I thought I had lost my car keys and I was walking everywhere and I have a ton oh. more too. <laughs> yes. ridiculous. And you know, I always felt so like nobody really understood me. I was like, what is wrong with me? Did I, you know, have I lost my mind actually? We kind of actually do lose your mind when you're in that kind of sleep deprivation. I, I think people don't really get you half the totally. time. Totally. And, you know, it makes you feel horrible because, like, you know, partners or friends or people are like, what? What is wrong with you? You were supposed to call me <laughs> seven days. You add all the hormonal yeah. things to that and it's like a double Absolutely. whammy. Absolutely. And that's that's sort of what I want to dig into. Like, is it real? You know, is is it just the fact that we're so tired or, you know, is there hormonal things going on? Is there evidence showing that, you know, we kind of are temporarily insane when we're building a human in our body and, you know, dealing with raising a human outside of our body. So, um, you know, I have done a little bit of research on this topic, but I'd love to hear your thoughts sort of on the data backing this whole momnesia phenomenon and baby brain. Like what school are you in? Is it a myth or is it reality? Complete. Do you want to go first at Biba? Or do you want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all be able to sit back and say this, this happens, this happens for sure. Um, I think yeah. all moms across the board will tell you they've experienced some part of it. It is a chemical thing. It is definitely a hormonal change. It's the sleep deprivation. It's all of the above. Yeah. And I, I think no matter what you want to call it, whether you call it baby brain or momnesia, when you're, you know, going day to day in complete sleep deprivation, your, your rods and cones are not firing like they should. Um, you're not able to react or process things in the same way. So whatever you want to call it, you're, you're experiencing something, um, whether it's clinical or myth or whatever people want to say, something is going on with your body when you're that tired. Yeah, it's legit for sure. So Tia, I don't know if you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what you do in your business, because, you know, it's, it, you know, yeah, parenting sure. solutions. I mean, it's kind of clear. I think so. Parenting solutions. You help mm-hmm. you know, solve parenting problems, but we all have so many of them. <laughs> so can you specify yeah. a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I work one-on-one with parents or and oftentimes I host large workshops um, at uh, pediatrician offices. Um, and I basically help parents come up with positive solutions that are going to work for their family and tailor to their needs to help decrease the struggles that they're they're dealing with day to day. Although parenting is a very hard job, it's a job that's continuous, it's never ending, um, it doesn't have to be such a battle. Um, and that's what I try and help educate parents on. And, and my one of my uh, PDF parenting manuals that I've written is titled Parenting Doesn't Have to Be That Way. <laughs> Because it doesn't have to be such a battle. It doesn't mean you're not going to have hills and valleys, but there are positive tools that you can use that help um, decrease those struggles and at the same time connect your bond um, and grow your bond with your child even stronger. Even when you're dealing with baby brain. (laughs) 
<laughs> even, even when you're dealing with baby brain. But I think we all have to give ourselves a little break in that beginning phase because that newborn phase is like no other. Yeah. Um, and you kind of just got to give yourself a break during that. Like we all make mistakes all the way through, but don't be so hard on yourself during that time. Let just get through it and everything is fixable. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful because when you're in the thick of it, it just feels so impossible. Right. And I've always liked to say like, nothing is impossible. Right. But (laughs) when I know you feel that it just, it feels like there's no end. I always like to say how there's seasons in everything we do, right. Seasons in life, in the weather, in motherhood, especially, and everything sort of ends and evolves and develops. And if you don't enjoy the good stuff, because you're focusing on all of the hard stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it goes by just as quickly, the good and the bad. Right. So it's kind of just like, dealing with the hard stuff and really focusing on the joyful stuff. So you, you can be part of that, right? Be present. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So I, I'm curious, do you, the two of you have any sort of hilarious stories that happened to you in the thick of early motherhood or while you were pregnant, you know, like oh keeping the fridge kind of story? Is there just one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one that stands out <laughs> amongst all the others. Oh goodness. Um, you know, the, the common one, it happens even now. I, I don't know, like we were joking about earlier, if the baby fog ever really goes away, my, yeah. my kids were not feeling well. So I haven't slept in a couple of days. And today I was trying to bake and there was just way too many. I dumped a box of the cubes, the, the sugar cubes, instead of granulated sugar <laughs> into that I had already beaten. And then my oldest son, Ryu, and I started just mashing them. I was like, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. It'll be all right. <laughs> and then the cake kind of turned out more smelling like an eggy bread because I blended <laughs> it. And then it was just all kinds of, you know, and we're like, and like you were telling me earlier or telling all of us earlier, you know, we just have to remember that this happens and be easy on ourselves because we don't do that. We don't, we don't laugh at it especially in the early ages, especially if it's your first baby, you know, you're so desperate or I was for sure. So desperate to do it right. To make sure I read yeah, the you books. Beat yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that we just God with the poop stories, you know, the ones that are exploding uh, and, yes. you know, <laughs> uh, and I remember this one time I had Ryu on my hip and he farted really loud. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I was like, baby, that cannot come from you. And I'm cooking, so, you know, I'm stirring and you have to keep stirring. And then, like, I start smelling and I was like, there is no way that came from you. So I look at my dog and said, I was like, did you do this to me, mama? Are you doing this? Because this pasta is going to stick. Like, I have three more minutes. And I feel it running down my head. My thigh. And I was like, oh, no. See, I'm sorry. Anyone that has to deal with that amount of bodily fluid in their life, like, you're about to be a little bit crazy, right? Like, maybe right. it's not baby yeah. brain. Maybe we're just a little bit crazy because we have to deal with so much poo. And so we're like cave woman. Yeah. Moment of delusion, right? Like, this cannot be happening to me right now. I'm going to oh. throw my hubby under the bus for one second because it's so funny. Like, you know, he, he is a hands-on parent and he does his absolute best. But when it comes to poo man, he gags and holds his <laughs> nose and he runs away and he's like, Oh, yeah. what is that? I'm like, really? <laughs> if you knew, if I you know. knew what I did on a daily basis, man, 
but for some reason they get out of it. I don't know how they get out of it. Not always. I, I like to play that game once in a while, but but yes, for the most part. I know. We need to yeah. gag and make that make that up and then yeah, see what I, happens. I can't do this. I can't touch that. Here you you manage. So true. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe yeah. it's not baby brain. We're all just a little bit like overwhelmed with the, the bodily fluids. Yes. With everything, yeah. all the awareness of it all, and trying to live up yeah. to those standards we yeah. put up in our own brains, right? Of what we should be. And that's, a, I think that's a good point is that it's the newness of it all. And it, that doesn't end when our kids become toddlers. That doesn't end. Like my, my middle child just started junior kindergarten. And I thought he was going to be the bravest little man just marching in there like, I got this, mama. And you know what? <laughs> it was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. He was crying and holding my leg. And he was the only kid making a scene. And it, it wasn't about embarrassment. I wasn't embarrassed at all. I was heartbroken for him. I was mm-hmm. like, why is this happening? And that's completely new. It's all new parenting every day. It's something new. It's something different. And Every time you think you have it figured yeah, out, then they pull a fast <laughs> right. one on you and you're like, shoot, I don't have it exactly. figured out. So you really have to be on the ball. So which can be All the super time. draining, right? Like maybe that's what baby brain yeah. is. So I wanted to ask you guys, what is one piece of advice you would give to moms experiencing this sort of brain fog? Like, is there anything, even just reassurance, you know, what, what can we tell moms that are experiencing this other than what we just said about, you know, finding the joy and, you know, just getting through the season. <laughs> I, I suggest making lists and writing everything down. I'm old school because I'm not the new generation, so I don't put it on my iPhone. I actually have pen mm-hmm. and paper, but I always write everything down. Even though my kids are seven and nine, I'm not going to remember that I'm out of red wine vinegar unless mm-hmm. I write it Good down. Point. And for new moms, you won't remember that you need more breast pads until you're leaking. Yeah. And then you will be disappointed that you didn't write it down. So I think lists are a way to take some of that pressure off of your brain and just put it down and be done. Oh, with I'm it. such a big fan of lists too. And you know what, for the tech generation, you can do lists in your iPhone. You mm-hmm. can go in those yeah. notes and you have, there's a little circle and you can like plug that in and actually check it off as you do things. So I, I think that's super great advice to, to have lists. I have lists everywhere. Lists to all parents. Lists. I have lists to make a list. <laughs> which might be redundant. Yeah. But, but I find it helpful. Remember to make your list this morning. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm one of those that I will add something to my list and then cross it off. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot this. Let me put it down. And even though I've done it, I'm going to then cross it out again. Yeah. Because it feels so good to be productive. <laughs> Type A. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we need to invent a mom journal or a mom list of some kind so that you know, it has all the tools there in one spot so that we can get rid of this baby brain. <laughs> yes. um, That's the next thing to add exactly, to our list. Exactly. We don't have enough going on. I just want to add another business to the, all of this. Right. You never know. You never know what comes out of these little conversations, little gold tickets, I tell you. You know, one um, thing that I always recommend yeah. um, to new moms, existing moms, or pro moms, um, I use this on a daily basis. It's an acronym that we use. Um, especially in addictions counseling, it's HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And even my children know what this is at this point. Um, Because if you're more than one of those things at any given time, you are your own worst nightmare because then you become susceptible to your own subconscious fears. And we all know new moms have 
lots of fears. And the tired is probably a given. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always tired. I don't know. My oldest is 10. So I, I tell him all the time I haven't slept in over 11 years now because I didn't sleep during the pregnancy <laughs> either. Um, but I try to be mindful of the rest of them. If I'm feeling hungry or if it's been a certain amount of time that I haven't eaten because, you know, we have to go to work, we have to get the kids ready, we have to get them fed, we have to get them dressed, we have to get them to school, and then I have to go to my sessions, and then we have to finish the sessions, and it just, the day just goes like that all the time, you know, sometimes I have to say, oh, you know what, it's two o'clock and I haven't eaten yet, like I need to stop and eat, mm. or if I'm feeling angry, lonely, you know, lonely is a big, big component in a lot of the mothers that I work with is that they feel so alone, and with this acronym, the Halt. Uh, hungry. I was about to say hangry, <laughs> which is a real thing. Um, but hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. If you notice one of those going awry, to just stop, halt, just stop in your in your path for a moment. It takes 30 seconds to just grab something and put it in your mouth. It takes a minute to just sit there and listen to some music. It takes just a second or to say, you know, I need a timeout to ask for a timeout. If you're feeling really just that tired, um, so that's been something that I've taught just about everybody in sight to pay attention to. It really helps mitigate it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so interesting because we're so much like our kids because everything that I help parents with is the fact that we can't stop these, you know, epic tantrums and these, our kids not listening if we don't stop and do the foundations, which is meeting our kids' basic and emotional mm-hmm. needs first. And there are a lot of proactive ways to do that. And kids don't do that for themselves. They rely on us. But what you're talking about is us having to rely on ourselves to take care of ourselves first so that we can be good parents and meet our kids' basic and emotional needs. So we kind of all need to halt. Kids, parents, everybody. Absolutely. I think that's so important. I mean, (laughs) my husband and I have this joke where it's like, oh, I'm hangry. (laughs) Get out of here. And it's funny you said that to be like, hangry, it's a real thing. You know, I'm hungry, which makes me angry, which makes me on edge, which makes me, you know, quick to react, which makes me yell and scream at my kids. And then that starts, you know, a downward spiral of things. So I think it's really, it's a brilliant acronym, HALT, right? Yeah, It's, it's great just halt when you're feeling all of those things, because you're so right. We need to just take a moment for ourselves. I feel like we get so wrapped up in taking care of other people. And, you know, we come by it honestly, of course, like our kids depend on us and they need us, especially when they're infants and they can't fend for themselves. But it's okay to, you know, take five seconds for yourself. It's okay to go to the bathroom with the door closed. And this is something that I've really had to work on too, is just taking those moments, taking those pauses for myself to just be like, okay, you know, everyone's safe, everyone's comfortable. And, you know, if they're crying, they're crying. I'm just going to go and breathe for one minute. (laughs) And that's okay. Tears are just tears. There's no, as long as there's no danger, tears are just tears. And, you know, that's been a huge learning for me is just if you don't take those minutes for yourself, you will go crazy. Yes. It will actually well, drive you nuts. And the acceptance part of it. I think that's what I was missing um, during the early years with my, with both of my children. You know, I love what we do here with you've got this mama and you've got this mama too. Like we're creating this environment. We've created this village. We've created a just a strong sense of support in that it's okay. 
it's okay. You are okay. I'm okay. It is okay. I didn't have that when I had my children during my pregnancy or afterwards. I didn't have that village and I didn't know that it was okay. And it's much more lonely. It's a, it was a lonely time when you didn't have these, these types of resources. Yeah. Isolating, Mm -hmm. right? You feel like you're on the hamster wheel, just going about the same thing over and over again. And there's no real switch up. That's was my biggest thing when I was, you know, with a newborn, I was like, Oh, everything's just so repetitive. It's like Mm -hmm. sleepless night. Yeah. It's just so crazy. You just keep going and going and running and running and you feel like you never really get anywhere. But, but yeah, definitely isolating. And that's sort of what my vision was for the, you've got this mama I'm going to call it an empire because that's where I yeah. see it. that's where I see it going. But you know, with our community, it was really just about I did feel isolated. I did feel judged. I did feel shame. I did, you know, resent people in my life. I just I I wanted all of that to go away and I did feel crazy like this whole baby brain phenomenon like I felt like I was losing my mind and I had no one to share it with and no one that understood me and you know, I went to mom groups and that's where I felt shamed and judged. Yeah. And I did read some books and everyone has a different opinion. And that's sort of what inspired the idea behind you've got this mama is like, we all have different opinions and that's okay. What's not okay is to shame one another and to make one another feel Mm. bad about it. Right. It's like, we're allowed to have our opinions. We're allowed to have our experiences. We're allowed to do this parenting thing the way we want to do it. And you know, nobody should make us feel bad for that. So with the, you've got this mama books, they're co-authored books. So every chapter is a different author. It's a different voice. It's a different story. And they're all told authentically. So it's not somebody saying, this is how you should parent. This is what you should do. Should, should, should. It's just people sharing their experience and saying, this Mm -hmm. is what worked for me. Right. And I think that's what we're creating here you know, as you said, Habiba, like this is our village that we're creating that, that protection around us. And it's so necessary, especially, you know, these emotions, they don't, they don't go away. You know, they don't go away unless they're addressed. They're not, they don't go away until you feel either you get there on your own. You're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. I I know what's best. I'm just going to stick with me. I'm going to believe in myself, which doesn't happen often, unfortunately, or you have a group of women that say, you know what? You're, you're doing great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times it's the, it's your closest people that you're with, your family or extended family that seem to have the mm-hmm. most opinions. And so <laughs> that's your typical support group as a, a new mom. And you feel sort of rejected by them often because you're not doing it how they did it, which was in a different era. And they're not up in the times. And it's, it's, a, it's a very lonely place yeah, to be. And that has a lot to do with the postpartum you know, the creation of it and then also what facilitates it and keeps it going and you know, exacerbates those, you know, mm-hmm. those moments. It could be awful. Well, and that's a, that's a good segue. I wanted to ask you, Habiba, because in, in You've Got This Mama, you write about postpartum yes. depression and your personal experiences with it. And I know as a psychotherapist, that was, you know, a really powerful chapter because... Mm-hmm. You know, everyone expects you to be a certain way because of what you do for a living. And it's like, we all feel feelings. We all have stuff going on. It doesn't mean you can't help other people and still 
go through your own stuff, right? And I, I thought that was such a powerful message. But how how closely linked do you think, you know, postpartum depression is with this whole baby brain phenomenon? Is it is it you know a direct correlation because you feel this loneliness and this emptiness and this sort of you know craziness <laughs> that something's wrong with you? Like, can that be yes, a trigger? Maybe absolutely. there are precursors. Um like what Tia was saying, you know, your family, your, they're your social support, right? They're the strongest group that you have. And if they're not being supportive because, you know, they came from a different era, that can be a trigger. Also, if the the delivery didn't go as planned, which neither one of mine went as planned, the pregnancy didn't go as planned, neither one mm-hmm. of mine went as planned. You know, when you have all of these things, and especially if you have a history or a family history of depression or any other kind of mental illness, you're kind of already prepped for it. You're primed for it, if that makes any sense. Um, It's not that it'll definitely happen, but more than likely, especially with my experience, that is what I've seen. Now, statistically, they say about 15% of new mothers, you know, their baby blues um, kind of transform into postpartum depression. And the transformation takes place or is defined because it's over two weeks time. You're not just, you know, kind of it's not an adjustment period issue at that point. It just becomes like, okay, I can't shake this thing off anymore. Um, that happens because of a chemical thing. It's not, it, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to giggle about this. It's not funny. It was more of a, a cynical laugh, you know, where a lot of the people that you rely on for support and for understanding, they say, you know, just shake it off. It, it just get over it. You just need to get over yeah. it. it yeah. It's not a getting over it thing because it's a chemical imbalance as well. The chemical imbalance from just giving birth period where just your estrogen and progesterone yeah. levels just like plummet, you know, it's just, it's done. It's completely, you know, it's a change in the brain. Then that triggers the mood swings, right? Then if you take that with this history or with this lack of support and then add sleep deprivation to it, I mean, it's like, it come on, doesn't that make sense? And yet, you know, we downplay this so much in society. Like, oh, it's just, you know, you'll get over it. You don't get over this. This is not something that you get over. It's something that needs to be, yes, dealt with, worked, worked through. through. You know, you, yeah. You, yeah. You have to acknowledge it. You have to recognize the severity of it. And then, most people don't take a moment to say, okay, I've noticed that, you know, you've been a little bit keyed up and on it. Cause it's not always that you're crying all the time. Depression is not just sadness. You know, sometimes it's directed at yourself, which is my case. That was my case. I was so hard on myself. I was angry with my failures as a mother and looking back, I didn't, I didn't fail. But at that moment, I completely felt like a failure and yeah, I think I think we've all gone through the the failure complex, right? right? Like, yeah, I, I think I do still even, you know, not it daily, but out. you know, there's times where I raise my voice and I'm like, I should have mm-hmm. dealt with that differently. Or, you know, there's times where, you know, maybe I wasn't watching my kids as well as I should have been because I was distracted. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm a horrible, horrible failure of a parent. And I think we will forever and always be dealing with that, even Mm -hmm. when they're adults and, you know, doing their own things in life. It's so crazy. But the key is to not try not to feel like a failure. And the the fact is, if you're recognizing it and you're trying to better it, that's what we're teaching our kids every day is to learn from their mistakes and take them as learning opportunities instead of failures. And that's what we need to do as parents as well, not be so hard on ourselves. And yes, 
and just recognize that we do make a mistake. Don't beat yourself up. Try and do it better next time. And that's really all our kids right. want from us as and well. We can't learn that from yeah. us if we We're don't give human. ourselves that same leeway. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So another question, what is one thing you wish somebody told you about becoming a mom? So we, we mentioned earlier, you know, this whole Google generation we're in right now. Like what was, what's the major thing that you just would tell the moms out there that are either thinking about becoming a parent or, you know, or have just become a parent for the first time? You know, what is something that you wish people had told you? Mine is no one. I I'm wouldn't. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Mine Abiba, go ahead. Be, um, that you're not going to get it right. So, so don't expect perfection. That's yeah. A perfection's a big, yeah. big piece. I'm actually finding a, a major theme in the next book because I've obviously <laughs> had a chance to sort of sneak peek it. Um, but there's a big theme around that whole perfection piece and sort of like being gentle with yourself and allowing like the higher power of a plan to happen rather than like your, your internal plan mm -hmm. of perfection. Right. I think that's, that's so powerful and easier said than done. Absolutely. Right. Of course <laughs> you tell yeah. somebody, like, Oh, it's not, it's not going to go according to plan and you know, don't aim for perfection, but it's definitely a tough one to really, until you're surrender. really in it. Yeah. yeah. It's just to surrender to the idea of the fact that things are not going to go the way you think they're going to go. And that's okay. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. You really have to take it day to day for sure. I wish someone would have told me that every habit that you create, you're going to have to break because I, I would lay for hours with my firstborn because that's the only way he would sleep. And I would lay there and lay there. And even if I had to pee so badly, <laughs> I would just stay so still so that he would sleep and not cry. But then I didn't realize that at some point he was going to have to sleep without me. And that made the whole sleep teaching process a lot harder, which I didn't make that same mistake the second go around. Um, but I just wish that I really knew that whatever habits you're beginning to make, you will have to break unless you want to live with it for mm -hmm. the long haul. Well, now you're doing that, right? You're helping moms discover yeah. those things before they happen before and they happen deal with those habits, which is so, so great. I love the work that you're doing. I think it's so amazing. I was the same. I would do like the ninja role where, you know, I'd have like little X's on the floor with tape of where I couldn't stand because it creaked. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. I still can't yeah. believe it to this day. It's like, you know, he just like passes out now and goes to sleep. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. But if you only knew I what I did to get you to sleep, like two hours of like crazy oh, acrobatics, yeah. like hanging from yeah. the ceiling, trying to swing over to the door. And yeah, it's just craziness. Yeah. So, so, so funny. So if you had a favorite resource other than you've got this mama books, you know, we won't do shameless plugs <laughs> or maybe I just did. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But honestly, a favorite resource outside of, you know, the stuff that we do, is there something, somebody who's really inspired you <laughs> in your parenting journey or even outside of it, you know, in like the personal development realm, is there, you know, a book or something that just really helped you get through the days, right? I, I mean, I've read so many parenting books, I can't even begin to number them all off, but just off hand, because I just recently read it, um, which is an awesome book for kids, parents with kids, probably 
toddlers and up, even up through the teenage years, so it meets a wide range of parents, um, is titled mm. Screen-Free Parenting mm. uh, by Al Edward Runkel. It is Hal Edward Runkel. It's amazing. It's one of those books where it's in layman's terms and it takes real life scenarios and shows you how to take his tools into action, um, which I think a lot of parenting books are missing because it's a, a lot of mumble jumble. And then you close the book and you're like, okay, now what? Um, and I think this book is, is a really easy grab and go type book. Now, is it about what it sounds like it's about? Is it about sort of like, yeah, it's a, it's about teaching parents, yeah, to not to, to realize that you don't have to yell to get your point across. Um, and it, it does offer um, many of the same tools that I offer, um, but it comes across in a different way because he's uh, it's really more like an easy read type feel. So it's a it's a nice sort of I don't want to say it's a relaxing read, but like I, I whizzed through it because I, I didn't really want to put it down. I was very interested mm-hmm. in it um, because it is an easy read um, and really easy to process and sort of put into play. And sorry, it's scream free. I thought you said screen free, like iPad. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no screen okay, free okay. parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like it because I was thinking, uh oh, screen free. Like, oh, I'm definitely <laughs> guilty of giving my kids the iPad no. or like popping yeah, don't them in front of Paw Patrol. <laughs> but yeah, no. don't feel bad. No, scream free. Yeah, no, like, I would free. really, really like mm-hmm. because I, I do feel sometimes that, you know, I have to raise my voice to get them to hear me. And I really try. It's something I. I consistently work on and, you know, I'm very cautious about it, but I find myself every day. A couple, a couple pointers. It would be, I, um, kids love to be your helpers. So if you're working on something and you want to stop yelling so much or raising your voice so much, you can let them know that. And then they make little smiley faces on sticky notes and they put them all around the kitchen in the house. And if you start to raise your voice, they don't have to tell you, they can just point to the the sticky note and they love to sort of help be in charge of, fixing our quote unquote mm-hmm. mistakes. Oh, that's so cute. Love that. yes. uh, what about you, Habiba? Is there a favorite resource yes. or something for the mamas um, out there? One that I've used in my parenting, it's, um, it's called attachment focused parenting. Um, and it's based on creating a secure attachment. Uh, there's different kinds of attachment, but the secure one is my goal <laughs> so that the kids are, you know, good to go. And they give you the thing that I love about this is it starts off with, you know what, you, I'm sure this is not the only book that you've read and you're going to find a bunch of things in here that works for you. And you're going to find things that doesn't. So it addresses that from the very beginning. I love that part. Um, but there's one yeah. that I follow it's pace, you know, it's, it's how you, communicate with your children, um, you know, to be playful, to be attentive, to be curious, um, and showing compassion in everything, in every way that you communicate. And then when that becomes a habit, you'll see that your kids mirror that back to you as well. Um, does it happen all the time? Every time that I talk to my kids? No, I wish that I could be, you know, again, there's that perfection (laughs) thing, right? Um, but I did love that part about it. And there's other things about it also. It teaches you the different kinds of attachment styles and then what happens you learn a lot about yourself as well that one was really good it's by um daniel hughes um and that's attachment focused parenting the other thing that i absolutely adore it's a youtube channel um and you remember sabrina i'm not tech savvy at all so i was like oh look at this (laughs) but it's coffee talk 
um, and it's a mom and she sits there and it's completely raw and exposed. And, you know, she's got like her sweatpants on. It's her first cup of coffee in the morning. She's like, all right. So let me tell you how it went down today. And I love that. I love <laughs> like, Yes. Your mess of a storm of a life mirrors my mess of a storm of a life some morning. So I love this right now. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, it's raw and real, right? That's what everybody wants. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Um, So, you know, this is sort of wrapping up now. That's that's all I want to talk about today. But I, I tend to, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my moms a series of questions just to sort of make everyone giggle and get to know you guys a little bit better and, you know, share some, some serious information and tips that could help. And um, I think we've done a lot of that in this episode, which is great. Um, you know, we're all about giving moms real tools and tangible tools to empower them and help their motherhood but some fun stuff. So I want to ask each of you, what is your morning routine? I'm such a sucker for the whole morning routine. And since having children, it's kind of like gone sideways, but um, I'm finally getting back into having a morning routine that isn't, you know, wrapped around my two-year-old's little finger. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to go first? I I feel like my morning, sure. I feel like my morning routine is still so wrapped around my kids because they have to be out of the house so quickly and early for cross country practice. And I feel like we get up, we go, and then we're out the door. Um, I forgot my nephew's birthday this morning because we were out the door so fast. I felt awful. We had to call this afternoon. Um, but I'm a pretty low key, uh, low maintenance, well, at least I think so. My husband might not agree, uh, type morning person. Uh, I do brush my teeth and get myself dressed for the gym, but I'm, I'm a gym junkie and definitely need to exercise to get myself, uh, feeling good inside and out and to be the best mom that I can be. So I, I am pretty low maintenance for myself in the morning, but I have to have my vanilla homemade almond milk, which is a lot of work, but I make time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, matcha latte Mm -hmm. with cinnamon on top. So I do that. And then the rest is sort of (laughs) everybody else. How long does it take you to make that deliciousness? Oh, it is delicious. I will have to make it for you sometime. Um, I make the almond milk every week and it lasts me for the week. Um, and then I have, a, a the organic traditions is my little secret for vanilla matcha. Uh, you do one scoop. It's amazing. We'll have to get that um, recipe for the, uh, I'll have to give you the recipe. Yeah. It's a good one. I think yes. that sounds awesome. Um, and what's your, what's your gym of choice? Like, do you run or do you do yoga or do you, well, are you like a, I'm a gym slut is what I, I <laughs> because I think I go to like six or seven different gyms um, or different workout facilities for different types of classes. And I switch it up um, each day. I, I don't work out every day, probably five times a week, um, but I like to switch it up. That's what keeps it exciting for me. I see different people at different gyms and it's kind of what helps me get going with my day before I have to dive into all the other stuff. Amazing. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I wish I was a gym slut. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you got to get into it. Once you're into it, you can't live without it. <laughs> you have to go to the gym to get into that. To be a gym slut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to work on just getting myself out there first. <laughs> yeah. That was so true. How about you, Habiba? I definitely have a routine. If I didn't have one, I don't think I could survive <laughs> or I don't think we could manage the days at all. We have 
45 minutes to get everything done. So yes, I hear you. You know, and I have to get my boys awake and then have their teeth brush, breakfast made, them dressed. Um, and, you know, usually that takes about 15 minutes and I have music going from the first crack of dawn. Like there is music. If there's no music, my kids get scared. They're like, oh, that's not good. Um, and so Pandora is, Pandora is my best friend. Um, every morning Pandora is on. It doesn't matter what it's on. It's just there's always music on. And I get their breakfast done. I get a shake, um, one of those protein shakes. And then I take that upstairs. I have about 20 minutes to get beautified for the day um, and get dressed, you know, grab my stilettos, grab the cat treats. I love that you wear stilettos, the by the way. Like, <laughs> you are such a fashionista. I did. <laughs> such a fashionista. I haven't worn stilettos in like five years. <laughs> yes. If I showed up in flats at work, either with pants and sl- um, even if it's slacks and flats, my clients will be like, is everything okay? <laughs> we need to have this session for you. I'm like, no, it just... I'm just tired or, you know, I spilled something, but they're like, are you okay? It happens very rare that I'm not in my stomach. I love it. I think that's so amazing. And, you know, it's funny. Oh, it's funny you guys say that. Like, I'm starting to get a feel for that, um, like, hustle and bustle in the morning now that my kids are, you know, school age. It's definitely a transition out of, you know, the baby years. But we're, we're working on We're going to wish for that Groundhog's Day where they were napping every day and you had a little moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy. Okay, so the next question I wanted to ask was if time, money, and scheduling, <laughs> what we were talking about, were not an issue, like didn't exist, what would something at the very top of your bucket list be that you would do? This can be with your kids, without your kids, it's totally open, just something that you would absolutely love to accomplish or, you know, do, it could be travel, anything. So mine would be Doctors Without Borders. Um, that's definitely on my list. If, you know, if I could drag my kids with me, I would, I absolutely love what I do. It's, it's my passion for sure. Um, I love the work that I do. So even if money wasn't involved, even if, you know, none of that happened, if I didn't have my license, if I didn't have anything, this is just so much a part of who I am and the way that I see the world. Um, that's what I would do. I would just travel the world, do the work that I'm doing and have my babies along with me. Aw, I love that. That's so sweet. That's amazing. Don't worry, Tia. You don't, you don't actually, have to be all philanthropic on us here. You can totally have like a trip. To no, mine wasn't philanthropic at all. But I was act. But it's actually, I guess, more on the sensitive side than the fun because I guess I could travel the world and fly private or something fancy like that. But I was thinking more along the lines that I would love for my husband to not have to work such long hours and not oh, feel the yeah. stress or the guilt that he is when he's not at work and maybe be able to attend more of our kids' activities and be a little bit more present and in the moment when he is around to not have all that stress. That, w- that would be my one wish. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, having yeah. a present partner is so, so cool. Yeah. So strong. I'm the, I'm the single mom with an income. That's what I, that's what I sort of call it, <laughs> which I guess has its perks too. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be really hard for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I joke because mine would be like traveling back to Africa with my kids to take them on safari because they're also obsessed with animals. And it's something I've done myself, but now to share that experience with my, my babies would be so cool. So listen to us. We're so, 
we're not selfish. Moms are not selfish. No, <laughs> no. We're not selfish at all. Listen, I know. My goodness. That was supposed to be a selfish answer. <laughs> anyway, it just so goes fun. to show you, right? And of course, like the crowd, I mean, you guys are, your lines of work is all about helping people. So I totally get that. But what beautiful answers. I love it. Um, okay, next question. One parenting hack you cannot live without. So this can be a product, a rule, an idea, an item, like literally anything, just one off the top of your head, a quick thing that, you know, you couldn't live without that has sort of changed your parenthood. Early bedtimes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> My, without, without sleep and tired kids, you will have so many parenting struggles. And if you just put your kids to bed, they will, you will have a much easier go. But early bedtimes, like our kids' circadian rhythms work a much stronger and a better way when they sleep early and wake early, although parents don't like that wake early thing. Um, but if they go to bed early and wake early, they really truly are getting a better sleep and you will have less meltdowns and tantrums. And my kids as crazy as it sounds and as much, uh, you know, trouble I got from family about how ridiculous it was <laughs> used to go to bed at five thirty, and they slept through the night. And I, it's just, it was like a, a godsend because my husband and I would have dinner together and our kids would be in bed. And still to this day, my seven-year-old and nine-year-old are in bed between six thirty and seven at the latest. I love it. Wow. So to me, that is the hack. Get your kids in bed early. So good. Yes. And did you ever find that sort of difficult I mean we all sort of give up our social life for a while but did you ever find it hard to manage going places because I know a lot of my my friends not me specifically I'm totally fine with like staying in and having an early bedtime for the kids and for myself even but yeah, you ever find it difficult to you know you can't really go out anywhere when they're in bed at 6 30 you can't really do anything outside of being home Has, was that ever an issue for you well yeah, I guess on like major family holidays and people wanted to do like a Christmas dinner or something, I just would always suggest why not do brunch? The kids are happy and fresh. And do we really want crying, screaming cousins and kids at night? Are we going to have a good time? Are they? And so everybody kind of did finally adjust. And it doesn't mean you can't keep your kids up from time to time. Now we can. Um, but I don't really want to go anywhere with my kids at seven. Oh, I mean, we go out to dinner from time to time. But when they're tired and yeah. cranky, it's not going to be fun. So we lined ourselves up with an amazing sitter um, who came almost twice a week because um, we take my husband's clients out for dinner a lot. And the boys actually only saw her face like four times in eight years because they were always in bed when she got here and they knew she was coming. But but um, that's how we did it. Like we we actually we never had to miss out on bedtime and they never felt gypped and everything ended up really working out. So, so smart. And I'm going to steal that line from you. Like, why don't we do brunch? <laughs> yes. Yes. Brilliant brunch is just better yeah, yeah ham mm -hmm. at brunch yeah. you don't need it at christmas at dinner <laughs> why not how about you habiba is there a parenting hack that you have for our mamas out there yes i've used this since they were a year and a half and i use it still um and it's token economy um where they get some kind of reinforcement for everything that they do that I want this behavior to kind of be a permanent part of who they are, whether it's using their manners, saying thank you, uh, being kind to one another, holding the doors open, doing their homework on time, reading, choosing to read, uh, <laughs> choosing to read. Um, 
but for everything, you know, now it's become such a habit for them. If I'm cleaning or like today with the, the debacle with the baking, um, my oldest son just kind of walked over and he's just like, I'm going to help you mm. when he could be doing a thousand other things. Right. And so he, now it's just verbal reinforcements. I don't have to do the token, but initially, you know, they would get, I mean, marshmallows were like crack for my children. So this <laughs> one of the little mini marshmallows, just because they went potty or, you know, because they picked up after themselves, it was just like, like I said, like crack to them. It, they were like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, it did it. It just reinforced it along with the verbal affirmations um, to where, you know, they're they're just amazing little humans. They have their moments, but for the most part, they are amazing little humans and they're great to one another also. Um, And what's 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 so nice about that, though, is that you said verbal affirmations because your kids, as much as the marshmallows were cracked to them, (laughs) what they actually liked the most and what worked the most was you giving them that positive reinforcement, that's really what they wanted mm-hmm. the most. And that even though they acted like they wanted the marshmallows the most. So that's, that's awesome. So good. <laughs> I love that. Okay. What about a crutch to, that you can't live without, you know, like coffee, wine, potato chips, something coffee. else. That's coffee. Yeah. Coffee's mine too. <laughs> oh, I gave up ah, coffee a year ago. Ah, I know. Can you believe it? A whole that's year amazing. since I've had coffee. Well, that little almond matcha thing you were talking about sounds pretty damn good. I think, I think uh-huh. I could- do that every morning I'd replace it too yeah I think you would I think you could go off of it my uh my crutch is pro- I do really like wine it's so bad I try and save it for the weekend um and I do like ice cream but when I have dairy I get like teenage zits so I have to only have it every once in a while yeah I, I like ice cream. I like all of it <laughs> yeah I know all kinds of crutches over here but no definitely coffee is I'm one of those people that you know I like I'm like a wannabe European who has coffee after dinner. I have coffee in the afternoon. Yeah, it's it's no. interesting. It stopped working. It stopped doing what it <laughs> yeah. we got to wean you <laughs> off of that. <laughs> Ooh, it might get it might get messy over here. <laughs> um, and last question, really awesome for the mamas to know, like one self care ritual that you practice that you would recommend. And by self-care, it can can be any, yeah, just, just one beautiful, amazing one that maybe moms haven't even thought of, you know, I, my example is the goddess bath. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's essential oils. Um, I usually use lavender, it's, um, Epsom salt and coconut oil. So your skin, you get out feeling like super soft, super relaxed, really Zen. You smell amazing. And I mean, you can have a five-minute bath. It is possible to have a five-minute bath. You don't yes. want to get out after five minutes, <laughs> trust me. But you can do it. Well, at least you get exactly. In. At least you get in and you take that time. So, like nap time, or when the kids are at school, or whatever it is. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bath. It can be like you know a walk in nature. What What do you do that when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, and you just need to take that, like we were talking about earlier, take that moment for yourself. What is it that you do personally that you would recommend for other moms to try? Mine's a massage. Um, once a month, I try to, on a Monday, I take that Monday for myself. Um, and now I will do some work because you have to, you know, like I can't just take the whole day off. Um, but I schedule, I block off time for me. I go get a massage. I go get, you know, my favorite dish or whatever it is that I'm craving. I get some dessert and this is babies are in school. This is mama time and mm-hmm. mama gets mama time. That's awesome. 
and there's no one else in the house. It's just me and my cats after I get back. It's just, it's divine. Um, I have to get that for myself. Yeah, I think that's the key. You got to block off time for yourself. So whether for me, it would be exercise. If I don't block off that time, I would be a crazy person. Um, but I think you have to block off time. But one of my secret things that I absolutely love, it's not really like to rejuvenate my, my mental state or anything, but we're all aging and it's no fun. <laughs> um, and what I think is that healthy skin is young looking mm-hmm. skin. Um, and you don't have to be doing all these crazy things um, to, to look healthy and fresh, but I love from just the health food store, all natural rose, pure rosehip seed oil, and it's not super expensive. And you literally slather that on your face and it is the best, especially in the winter. If you're in a dry, in a dry zone, it is my secret mm. tip to healthy. I've skin. never heard of that before. I'd have to check it out. Yeah. Pure rosehip seed oh, cool. oil. I love that. Yeah, because it's true, you know, that's part of self-care too, is like literally taking care of yourself. So you can look in the mirror and be like, okay, yeah, yeah I've still got this. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the dark bags under the eyes. Don't. <laughs> I'm not an old hag. I'm not an old hag. <laughs> Positive affirmations to yourself. <laughs> so true. Well, anyway, mamas, thank you so, so much for joining me on this amazing little call. I've learned so much and I can't wait to share with our listeners and you know thank you for being part of the early stages of of this because you know we're laughing before the call saying how we are all rookies at this and I think we did pretty good (laughs) I think we we all deserve a little pat on the back and you know thank you to the listeners out there for tuning in and I mean you guys know the drill definitely go over to iTunes and give us a rating and share 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 sharing is caring and definitely you know put a review on there you know a lot of hard work goes into these episodes and i would just be absolutely grateful forever if you could go over and give us some love (laughs) and you know we'll put all of these tools and all of these amazing tips that we learned today on the website um so www.ygtmama.com it'll be in the show notes for this episode today and yeah thank you ladies so so much for for joining me and for divulging your deepest darkest secrets of motherhood yeah so good well i hope uh, you get a nice night's sleep because i don't i don't think you guys are in that stage anymore <laughs> no all, all through yeah. the night so good so dreamy see mamas it does get better it does <laughs> it does get better you for still sure maybe a little bit crazy and have a little bit of baby brain but uh, it does get better Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krimpotich, our producer, for making this happen. 
Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week. In the meantime, please, please remember, Mama, you've got this.